Reef Therapy by Reef Builders is brought to you by ICP Analysis. What's in your water? Good morning, my brother Mark. How are Good you today? Good morning. I'm Thank on for, cup number three. Thank you for joining me for this emergency session of free therapy where we can pay homage to the church of aquarium and reef keeping we call local fish stores. This is an emergency because last Tuesday I got my booster shot and it kind of knocked me out for doing this topic this week. So we published a previous recorded session about things that science should prove. And um, I really wanted to get this out um, well in time before the American anti-holiday of Black Friday, um, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday. And I just really want to convince folks to think about their local fish store first for all those three unholy days. <laughs> and... Um, you know, you and I have a special connection to uh, uh, local fish stores. But first of all, I just want to say I've been wanting to do a morning session of reef therapy for so long because we always record at, you know, at evening time. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day. And we've both, you know, done our jobs and worked and then, you know, relaxing with a beer. And so, like, this is a really different session because we're on coffees. <laughs> You're on number three. I'm on number one. I'm amped um, up. <laughs> but I thought I thought it was really important to uh, get this one out well in time so people can, you know, be thinking about this cornerstone of the Reef Aquarium community. Yeah, it makes sense too, right? I mean, uh, a lot of these sales are manufacturer-based, right? Or so... It, you know, go if you're gonna buy something for ten percent off, go to local fish store, and here's why. You know, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I guess yeah, definitely. It's important to mention that any any sales you see regarding certain products that are being advertised are manufacturer sales, so you can get those exact same discounts at your local fish store. And you can get it now, right? So if you go into a local fish store on Friday and you buy it, you have it in your hand. But you could call them up now, right? You could call them up and, and arrange, you know, for them to have it in stock. And then you can buy it at that price. And then you don't have to pay shipping. And you have it now and you don't pay shipping. And you support your community. And that's like really awesome. But I, I think we both have a lot of great reasons why local fish stores are still super important in our hobby. Yeah, I do. Um, and I've thought a lot about it uh, even before you suggested this topic because we did recently talk about, you know, all the acquisitions and stuff. And, you know, I I can't predict the future, but I think, you know, we need to start thinking about uh, – we need to start thinking about the future of the local fish store and how, you know – and instead of, you know – yelling at the sky and being angry about <laughs> uh, large companies making big decisions, you know, rather look inward and say, well, what can I, what, what am I doing to make a difference? Right? Like, what mm -hmm. can I do um, to counter that or, or to, to support my local fish store? Cause it's easy to sit there and yell, but uh, you know, I wonder how many people can ask themselves, well, when's the last time you visited your local fish store and you know, what would be the answer to that? Right. So, um, we all like to shop online. It's convenient, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and sometimes it's it's just life because I get home and it's nighttime and I've worked all day and 
it's kind of convenient to shop for things at nine o'clock at night, you know? Mm -hmm. So I get it. I get it. But, um, I have a great scenario where in, after this recording, I'm going to go to a local fish store that I know has a wide selection of bulkheads so that I can finally install the, the new generation of uh, automatic filter roll, the Clarity Gen 3, on my fish tank because I want that thing to be as crystal as possible. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when I've ordered bulkheads online, um, that, I don't know what it is about bulkheads, but sometimes like the size is not exactly right. Sometimes the nut doesn't fit on the threads super well. Um, mostly the size thing, right? Or uh, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll order slip slip so I can just glue on both ends and I'll get like slip thread, not the way I wanted. There's, man, I've, I've been, especially for just like low level items like that, you know, once it's, you know, bulkheads are online, it'll be what, three, four, five bucks plus a few bucks of shipping. But once it gets here, it's not, if it's wrong thing, it's not even worth shipping back. And, so Aquamart is a shop I actually used to work at. They, I don't know why they always have a giant selection of plumbing. Nice. I need any like esoteric, um, uh, lock line part. They have it right. So I'm going to go over there and I'm going to go get the bulkheads that I need on a dime. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to work on my project and it's going to be done before, you know, the bulkheads I could order online. It's, it, that's just one example of like, something that is easy to mess up, but they can knock you back on the project that you're working on just by getting the wrong bulkheads or the wrong parts. It's super easy to, you know, um, send somebody an inch and a quarter when they ordered inch. Well, I could tell you, uh, you know, I think I've told this story maybe in the past, but when um, I had a heater and um, where the power cord went into the heater, mm -hmm. uh, it disconnected. It just uh, eroded away. And so essentially, I just had a copper wire that was electrified in my sump, but it was controlled by my controller and the, the temperature probe of my controller. So, you know, it kind of turned off and on. Mm -hmm. And I was at work and my wife said, there's smoke coming out of the aquarium stand. And uh, I couldn't figure out what it was, right, at first. Like, and I could smell the smell and... And the crazy part is like I was sticking my hand in the I, I ran home, right? I, I I drove home emergency and I was like fuddling around in the sump uh looking for, you know, what's going on in there. There's this black soot. I, I think I was just lucky that the controller hadn't activated the heater uh when I was doing that. But anyway, uh yes, I should have had that all on a GFCI. I know. Um, you know, people can yell at me in the comments. But <laughs> Um, this thing, this copper had been kind of going through electrolysis in my sump, right? And copper, we all know what that does to, uh, invertebrates. So all my corals were rapidly dying and, no. uh, I had, I ran to the local fish store and I bought a crap ton of salt to do large scale water changes. I bought some Cooperzorb. I bought mm -hmm. some Metazorb, which was re probably redundant, but I just didn't care. Right. At that right. point. Uh, and poly filters. I just was going to throw the kitchen sink at it. And the people at my local fish store who I'm, I know very well, George, those guys, they were very concerned. They were very helpful. And I ran home and I did some massive water changes. And then I put this, you know, metal absorption, copper absorption media in my tank. And I saved a lot of corals. I saved mm -hmm. a lot of things, right? Um what if I didn't have a local fish store to go to to do that and I had to wait a week? Or, oh you know, maybe I could God, get lucky yes. with Amazon Prime and it show up the next day. Oh, my God. The damage would have been so far gone by then. 
Right. And, you know, I guess the counter message is, oh, have that in your arsenal, right? In your briefing <laughs> cabinet. But I'm just saying, you never know when you need that local fish store to run to for help when it's an emergency because we are Even in the business. Even if you're like strapped, if you're like a regular customer and you're strapped for cash or something, yeah, ma'am, they will they'll credit you. They'll find a used one. You know, again, if you're a regular customer and they know who you are, they'll take care of you. They know you're coming back. They know you have a reef tank and, you know, say you have a specific uh, uh, pump that just went out and you just don't have the cash for some reason, or there's something preventing you from, from buying it. Like that store is going to a good store. Any decent person is going to help you out in a time of need. Yep. And, um, so yeah, I think we have a, a lot of reasons why it's important to support the local fish store and to develop a good relationship with them. You know, Agreed. I'm not yeah. saying you have to be like the big spendy guy that buys all the stuff, but man, you show your face there, um, once a month for a year or two, you, you know, you're part of that family. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. You ready to jump into our, to our listicles of yeah, man. Um, things about uh, the, the reef stop? Yeah, I think you've made a, a really good list. I mm-hmm. uh, I looked at it and I didn't want to tack on and make this where we have like two minutes to talk about each thing. I think right. you were very comprehensive. So go for it. So, man, everything is so virtual right now. Online shopping, online fish stores, online conferences online groups online forums and local fish stores just a wholesome holistic physical place a place you can go you can get away from your computer and just you know for me it's really becoming a temple of aquarium culture and it's just it's always so nice no matter what you have going on no matter if the local fish store is great or average when you get away from your own tank and just go see some other tanks and then come back to your tank you have a different perspective you just really do have a different perspective and um man i'm super grateful that i think over the last 10 years denver's added an average of a new store every two years that's really good and the only one or two stores that have gone out of business were, you know, like people who are lifers <laughs> who are just retiring and just kind of checking out or mostly freshwater stores. And what's interesting is all new stores are usually saltwater heavy. Yeah. I've noticed that there's, um, I almost lament for the freshwater folks because, um, at least even in my town, there, there are a couple of stores that have a, a cool, interesting freshwater selection, but it seems like a lot of stores are very saltwater focused. Um, you know what I do love, though? I love the occasional podunk mom and poppy shop that just does mostly freshwater and it happens to have a little bit of saltwater because what they'll do is they'll buy like bread and butter corals. And they'll sit there because they don't have like the customer base for it. And they'll buy $5 frags from whatever vendor that they get. And they'll keep them under kind of really medium lighting. And they might have them for two months, three months, six months, three quarters of a year. And they'll just, if if the conditions are average, they'll just get really freaking nice. Mm -hmm. And you'll get like many colonies of lords that were bought as $5 frags for like, $20, $25 because the solar guys aren't going there, right? They're, they're only going to, you know, the cool spots, the hip reef shops, but man, I'll tell you what, 
some of these um, overlooked, um, less inspired, uh, full range pet stores and, and aquarium places, um, you'd be surprised what you find in there. You'd be really surprised. And then sometimes when someone needs to move or just tear down their tank, then they might not be plugged into the community. They're just going to take all their livestock to the closest shop, which could happen to be one of these freshwater inclined mom and pop shops. Man, you just you just never know what you're going to find in some of these freshwater spots. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's true. I I, I think about back in my even in, in my college days where I was on a pretty shoestring budget, I would hit these stores that would have a lot of um, stuff that they, like a lot of used stuff, right? They'd have shelves of it. And I mean, the amount of crap that I found that way that mm-hmm. I, I repurposed or used lighting, skimmers, old wet dries that I would use as a sump, you know, I'd rip the bioballs out and mm-hmm. just fill it with water. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I that was that was sort of my indoctrination in reef keeping was just uh, you know all of this used stuff that that would you know become available. Um, and um, I to your point about corals, um, sometimes that's where you find the wacky stuff because mm-hmm. um, I feel like a lot of stores uh, that are you know high profile and have you know like everything perfect and clean, they just bring in like the same stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm. sort of like they have a a recipe of like, okay, we know this stuff sells well and we know this, or they try to maybe mimic what the online market looks like. Um, and so you can, it's kind of nice because you see like these corals on Instagram or on whatever, you're like, well, that's a cool coral and you can buy it at your local fish store and that, and see it in person. But the wacky stuff, right? So, and for you and me, sometimes the legacy corals, right? Like yes. the, the wacky mushrooms or whatever you know like i I always find those in those um uh i don't know like mom and pop stores you know where you're like just stuff that was cool 10 years ago (laughs) um but yeah yeah you know there's some we're we're gonna drill down this this list but it's just when you're looking at a monitor all day looking at livestock dry goods displays and, and and discussions it's just so refreshing to just go to a physical place, hopefully smell a, a sweet, somewhat refreshing, kind of salty aired, you know, reef aquarium store. Maybe a, just a touch of ozone, not too yeah. much, right? Yeah. And um, seeing other tanks, especially in person, not as much online, but other tanks in person and seeing someone else with different lights or the same lights they're using differently and then different corals or the same corals that are looking different, man, that nothing gets my gears turning than just seeing how many different ways there are to uh, use the same equipment or grow the same corals. I do that already here at the studio, but I'm still, I've still got my own ideas that are, that, that govern and kind of guide my flow. I'm just overflowing guy. <laughs> I have so much flow and lots and lots of light. Just, that's just my upbringing. But sometimes, you know, you go to some shops and you're like, how are you keeping all this stuff like thriving and incredibly colorful in like 20 micromoles apart? 
you know, like our one shop that's been really guiding me, helping me find the low end, not the, the, the lower energy end. Is every time I go to Chris's shop, you know, uh, this is aquatic art. He has, he's just really good at stony corals, but because he's a shop, he's been working a lot on the wide range of corals. And he's got this one tank that's like, was it like six feet by 10 feet? And it's filled with all kinds of stuff. And he straight keeps the nitrates at 20. I think the last time I was in there, I was like, Chris, how do you do this? <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, I need you to tell me what are you doing here? And he's just like, you know, feeding and all right, the lights are lower and the flow is kind of lower, but they keep the nitrates at 20. You know, that's where they keep all the LPS, the Ghanis, zoanthids, different frags. And it just always looks like a, just a dream in there. I think for me too is, um, you know, we're, our ideas are driven by inspiration, by marketing, you know, we're always coming to a conclusion somehow, but we're being somewhat nudged on a path. And when you're doing that online thing, you know, and you get excited about this rare thing or that thing, you're, you're on a path, right? Like what, what you want suddenly is refined. But um, the thing that always cracks me up about going into a local fish store is um, the things that I normally wouldn't consider buying suddenly excite me. Because when I see it in person and I see it in a good peak of health, right? And you're like, well, shit, I guess I'm buying a dotty back today because that Mm -hmm. thing is wicked awesome. That thing is amazing. I guess I'm buying a turbinaria cup coral because I can't not get it because look at it. It's just so freaking healthy. And now I guess you can pass on because you know that thing is just going to just take over. Yeah. yeah, The the randomest piece of livestock or fish or coral is just going to talk to you in a way that it never did in your computer screen. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work out right i mean I, I remember i was at my local fish store just recently and they just had a just nice fat good looking bicolor angel right mm. and that's a fish i've always had a soft spot for but when you just see one of those in person and it's just super healthy and it's, oh there's a huge difference between that's one that's three and a half inches and one that's four inches yes yes <laughs> This thing was, I'd say this thing was about three inches, but I, there's no way I could put that in my tank. Uh, I mean, I could, but it was it was a gamble with, I already Oh, it was not a gamble. <laughs> yeah. You'd pay, uh, you'd, you'd pay a price. There's there's a coral gamble and there would be a fish gamble because I got a few other smaller angels already that it there'd be some war, right? But it was like, man, I wanted that thing. And it ha- let's just pretend I had a, I used to have a softy tank in my office that was, you know, neglected, but I just let everything overgrow. If I had something like that and I, I had room for it, that thing would have gone home with me. But mm-hmm. I would have never been on the inspired path to go buy a bicolor angelfish being online. Ooh, ki- kitty cat. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, so, yeah, that that's that was like the perfect example. It's like, man, it, it was hard to leave the store, right? It was like, yeah. oh, that's a cool. And it's a very common angelfish, but it just it was when a you good, see one looking like just the stud that it can be, you know, every bit of four oh, man, inches with gill spines with, were just oh just, huge gill spines yeah. and like, you know, dorsal and anal fin streamers. And you're just like, man, that is a amazing. It fish. didn't look like a pygmy angel, right? It's a little more elongated. It looked like know. a miniature, like holocanthus. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Or analogy. Um, yeah. I have seen one or those in a local reef shop. I was just like, 
blown away at how amazing it was. And um, the other fish that kind of gets me once in a while are is like an awesome keyhole angelfish, mm. which will be like four and a half inches, like full grown. You're like, what the heck? Those and it's like yeah. the darkest shade of blue. Right. You think that they're black, but when they're super mature and catch the, you know, you catch them at an angle, you're like, whoa, that is actually indigo mm-hmm. <laughs> with a crazy, you know, white teardrop. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like you could see the best picture of a bicolor angelfish. You can see the best picture of the keyhole. It is not going to hit you in the gut of your soul the same way that seeing one in person, you know, looking at you with the spines all out and just flicking back and forth. You can have moments with fish that you would never exper- expect, you know, in real life. Same thing with the corals, and I guess to a lesser degree, some invertebrates. Um, but uh, it goes I, back to that physical thing versus virtual, though, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's at the root of it all. It's just you could say the same about gear. You brought up lighting, right? I mean, I can read all the online reviews and comparisons and arguments about lighting, but you go into a store that has some Ecotechs up, some Kessels up, some some red sea lights on a red sea mm-hmm. tank and you see it in person and you might really find yourself gravitating towards one just because of that physical experience. One perfect example that I saw very recently was at um, Living Reef Orlando. They were using, what the heck is that thing called? The uh, High Doors brand, the Akamai LED light. Mm-hmm. They're using that over a Nano and it was just like flawless color perfect just spotlighting and then the fixtures you know super thin and it was being suspended and i was like i've had one of those for a really long time and never really used it and um i've never seen it glow like that (laughs) you look at the tank you're like wait that's an akamai light and uh that was a perfect example just you never know how someone's gonna set up a display tank and i think that's the next thing i really want to focus on okay because the hobby has this fetish with proof is in the pudding, you know, in your reef tank, show me your reef tank and, you know, listen to people who have a good looking reef tank. And I feel like that's always been the case for the local fish store. And you have some stores. I mean, for me, it was always like when I was younger, it was like, all right, let's go check out their displays. If, if you know, if a fish store doesn't have a display, I feel like they'd have no soul. Yeah, <laughs> they have no heart, and now it's definitely a lot more common and expected to see, especially a reef shop, have one or multiple displays because they can actually farm coral out of those displays. Right, that's almost part of the business plan. But especially in the olden days when we were just dealing with magazines, oh my goodness, seeing a great reef tank and what skimmer are you running? What what additives are you using? What what corals are you keeping? You know, what metal halides are under there? <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that just seeing a display tank should tickle all your spidey senses as a reefer. Yeah, and all, all of them. Again, um, circling on the physical, but um, in the in the sense of a display tank, scale matters. And if you see a YouTube video about an eight foot or six foot or whatever two hundred gallon reef tank, it you know it's cool. But when you stand in front of one, it's a whole different experience, right? And mm-hmm. um, you, I'm sure this store is still around in Colorado, but. Um, I've seen pictures of this tank online and uh, I've tried to, you know, share that picture with, you know, when I was having a discussion with somebody, but the picture never did it justice was that hammer coral at oh, Neptune, yes. right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, I don't know how big the tank is now, but that's you know tank m- is four by three by three, I believe. Is the hammer still around? Oh yeah, she has to dismantle it about every six years. I don't think it's every five years. I think it's every six years she has to get in there. And she is Sharon. She's uh, owned and operated Neptunes for twenty plus years, twenty five, thirty years or something. She sold She's me had my that first hammer. coral, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a great shop. That's just such a great shop. It's that the hammer's still in the same place. And yes, she has to um, deconstruct it on a regular basis. And she'll get it back down to where it's only a third of the tank. And within you know five to six years, it's full again. And I mean, this is an extreme example, but if you saw a picture of this tank, it probably wouldn't, I mean, it would be neat, right? But seeing a hammer coral as big as your desk, right? Yeah, pretty um, much. You could not pick up the whole hammer coral by yourself. Yeah, and it just, um, that left an impression on me, right? I, I That left an impression on how big corals can get in captivity. Um, you set up a tank once when really long ago when you were in a local fish store, and it was um, really low to the ground. And it was almost like a pond, but it was a it was a curved aquarium, and you had large tridacnids in it, and blew me away. Right in person, uh, a, a picture of it would have been really cool to see, but seeing it in person, I, I it got the gears turning. And let's let's not go as extreme, right? I mean, even my local fish store has a, a just an immaculate red sea tank, just a red sea tank, red sea lights. But the aquascaping is great. There's nothing too crazy in, from a coral perspective. It's just a beautiful system. Mm-hmm. Not to mention they've got, I think, a 600-gallon tank in, at the entrance. But scale matters, standing in front of them and and then hearing about their journey, right? I mean, they had to dismantle the big one because uh, tiger tail cukes were – cucumbers were just um, – uh, reproducing through, I guess, fissure or whatever. Oh, or splitting. wow. That's and they crazy. just had just tiger tail cukes everywhere that were wow. um, impacting the rock work and causing issues. And so, uh, George, who you know, dismantled it. And uh, I don't know if I'm getting the story 100% right, but that's how I recall hearing their journey, right? Hearing their ups and downs with those tanks is is so vital. It's so like, it, like I don't know. It's just so important. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And um, yeah, I just can't overemphasize how important this Now, this is a message to the local fish store people. Your display tanks are paramount. They mm-hmm. are, you know, that's your, your face to the world. Obviously, the whole store should look great too, but like that should be your business card, your calling card. People should be talking about your reef tank locally, you know, in your region, you know, nationally, if it's an awesome, awesome, awesome reef tank. You know, a lot of people have heard of uh, Worldwide Corals, their 1,500-gallon mangrove lagoon. I mean, that gets people talking, talking, talking. And then they have, uh, you know, a giant tank in the back. I want to say it's 750 gallons, just chock full of frags that have become small colonies that are now becoming larger colonies. And that's the kind of stuff that just really touches people. And it makes you makes them remember you. You know, some of the best marketing you can do for at every level is to have an awesome, awesome display tank. I know there's some operators listening right now who probably have a reef tank that once looked amazing or that they once put a lot of effort in and just kind of let 
three corals take over the reefscape and just crowd out everything else. It can be hard when you're running the store and you're taking care of other people's tanks all the time um, to have the motivation to stay on top of your reef tank year after year after 10 years. And um, so, yeah, just I, I hope some of the local fish store owners, operators, workers um, will be motivated to just spruce up their show tank if it needs it. It's just so important to me. Yeah. And for the, I guess, people that would be shopping online or in person, you know, ask yourself when the last time you stood in front of an aquarium that just knocked you out and you just said, you know, just changed your way of thinking about something, right? I mean, it has, sure, online, you might see a cool video about David Saxby's tank, which is amazing, right? But seeing totally something unrelatable. in person. Yeah, right. <laughs> But seeing just, uh, and and also I think the, the local fish store side of things, when they execute with things that are readily available, right? Mm -hmm. Things that you could buy, right? Like that's a different yep. story. And you're like, I don't have an excuse, right? They're using right. the same, they're using lights that are in my ballpark. They're using a tank size that's in my ballpark. And it'll, uh, it'll make you for better or for worse, sometimes go home and be like, man, my tank sucks. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's good. funny how some stores will set up a tank with the basics covered and um, put some red Monty cap in there, some purple digitata, some green slimer, some red shrooms, uh, you know, just a mishmash of corals. And then there's just kind of leave it alone and the corals grow and they fill in. Meanwhile, you're, if you're an active hobbyist, you're, dicking around with your tank all the time and you have tons of frags and frag racks on the bottom and this and all this gears and bells and whistles and you're not having like half the success they are and they've already finished that reef tank you know a few months yeah. in they're just like all right let it let it roll and you're always messing with yours but and to so, your yeah. point i have been the local fish stores where they're always swapping out the corals in their display and i don't like that you know i like where it's there you can tell when some shops are have like kind of a a cut flower situation with their mm -hmm. display tank. Yeah. Either they're not keeping stuff alive or they're just constantly selling out of it. You know, a couple pieces you want to keep the showy specimens in the show tank and sell them to a high roller once in a while. All right, that's cool. But yeah. when it becomes kind of like habit, the show tank doesn't look great. But I feel like I feel like we could do a, a whole session yeah. just on display tanks. And maybe maybe we should, but um I want to get back on track a little bit more about what the fish store can do. And I think everyone would agree that it's usually uh, a great place to get advice, you know, especially if you're newer or intermediate in the hobby, um, you know, getting ideas for fixing aquariums or treating fish. And even when I think I know what I want to do, there's depending on what I'm contemplating uh, there's a few local professionals that i'll bounce it off of just to get as a sounding board just as feedback so hey what do you think about doing such and such in this way and it's just really important it's just really important to have those people to with experience you know like if i ask chris cap a question about something i need his feedback mm -hmm. right and i know he's got good feedback so that's what an important one and I think everyone's going to have someone in their area that they really trust for uh, bouncing off some of those ideas and getting feedback on something that's happening in their tank, something that they want to explore. Because, you know, chances are the professionals, they've been down all those roads or most of those roads. Yeah. And um, sometimes when you're in the thick of it, 
you uh, you have tunnel vision, and mm-hmm. it, it takes the guy at the local fish store. I mean, this could be the same for a fellow hobbyist, right? But um, going there and knowing that they've had experience with their own systems, uh, they may have maintenance accounts that they also maintain. They 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 are managing a lot more reef tanks than you are, but. Um, they see what you're missing. You know, you're looking at it through a lens and they're like, well, what's going on with this? You know, and then you're sitting there like, crap, I didn't even think about that. Maybe that's what my Mm -hmm. issue is and this and that. Um, And that's happened to me a lot of times too. Um, And even in uh, when you're building an aquarium, you know, we're entering the age where you can order an aquarium online. It's transshipped to your house. Uh, My most recent build, I went through my local fish store and, um, I thought I knew what I wanted, right, for the most part. But one of the things was you could get the stand in 36 or 32 inches, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, of course I got to go 36 because taller is better because we got to fit all this gear under there. And uh, George was actually the one. He had a couple of tanks in the store, and he said, okay, uh, I want you to walk up to this tank and put your arm in it. I want you to walk up to this tank and put your arm in it. And obviously, I mean, I'm six feet tall, but where my armpit is, you know, with a 24-inch tall tank, the 32-inch stand, I didn't have to get a step stool to get my arm in there, right? That four inches made a difference. And then, you know, you open up the stand and you look inside and then, you know, I mean, skimmers these days don't have to be 36 inches tall or, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 inches tall. Skimmers have gotten smaller and, and, you know making some choice gear decisions in the sump area was worthwhile for me to just be able to easily stick my hand in the tank, right? And not mm-hmm. have to pull out a step stool. Um, a- anyway, it was his, his him pointing that out, right? And helping me with that decision process. Somebody who sets up a lot of aquariums, has a lot of maintenance accounts in this area. And he said, no, you don't want that 36 inch stand. I mean, you can, but if you want more of an eye level viewing experience when you're standing, but Again, he asked me, are you going to be sitting in front of the tank or standing in front of the tank? I was like, well, I got a couch and this and that. And he's like, okay, go 32. Mm-hmm. That was a huge moment where uh, he contributed to the design in a positive way based on experience, right? Um, it's so funny, right? Like someone would go bigger. Nor- normally, they would say, oh, yeah, let me get the bigger one, the taller one, the showier one. But that was four inches, man. Just by simply bouncing it off of someone with a ton of experience, you and got an aquarium that you can interface with a lot better. And he, I mean, I my two twenty five was on a thirty six inch stand. It was twenty seven inch tall. So I did learn my lesson. It's just it's something you forget when you're in the mm-hmm. moment planning. And I remember being annoyed that I always had to get a little step ladder out to do anything. <laughs> And that was enough to get you to be even more lazy about moving that frag that fell on the sand bed. You're like, screw it, I'm just going to leave it, you know? Whereas now I am more meticulous because I don't mind getting my arm wet, you know? Or it's just interesting. It's just stuff like that where sometimes you even learn the lesson, but you kind of forget it. But then there's the guy at the local fish store that's like, "Mm -hmm. you ought to think about this. And you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I hated that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's an awesome, awesome example. Like, especially if you're making a new tank purchase and there's, you know, it's going to be years of of interacting with this tank. And if, yeah, for any of those larger investments, man, like hopefully most people will have someone like Chris or like George in their areas that they can use as a sounding board. And, you know, I feel like a truly wise, experienced reefer 
will always get a few extra opinions about stuff. Um, you know, not so much regarding like the lights you're going to use or the return pump. Cause you know, those are going to, uh, you can switch, switch, switch those out, but the sump, the stand, the tank, you're not likely to, to switch those around nearly as much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, you know, the, the advice you get is going to, that's just one of those places I'm sure there's places online you can get some of that feedback, but they're just going to be drowned out. I mean, the people with experience like some of these long-term 10, 20 plus year store operators, it's in their DNA and they are not going online and answering those questions. They answer questions all day long in the fish store and those super experienced folks, they don't have, you know, the last thing they want to do is go in a, in a group or a forum and go answer those questions for the masses just to be drowned out by some newbies who are just like, yeah, but <laughs> actually, you know, it's, there's no time. And I think that's one of the best places you can get advice. I'm not going to get into some of the bad advice that you can get. We're oh, talking yeah. about the best parts of local fish stores right now. Um, and, uh, I feel, you know, the other thing that's super cool is a place to meet other reefers, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have the, the staff that's working there that's probably at a higher level of experience and knowledge than most aquarists. But then when you meet reefers who are maybe at the same level of experience, man, you when you start talking about, oh, I have a Walt Disney frag. You have a Walt Disney frag? Oh, well, mine's got really great polyp extension, and but it's kind of greenish. And another guy's like, well, I got great color, but not awesome polyp extension. And then you just compare notes. Like, oh, one guy might be feeding really well. The other guy might be um, dosing some trace elements that you haven't really thought about. And together, you can you know blend the the two things you're both doing right to end up with a much better coral. You know, and that's you and I, we met at two, two reef stores, right? We got yeah. to know each other at one. Go back to the original session of Reef Therapy if you wanted the whole origin story. But I've worked at, I think, about 10 fish stores. So it was, let's see, Super Pets, Aqua Zoo, uh, Pets, wait, what? Uh, pet supplies warehouse pet lovers warehouse um uh let's see fins um aquaria aqua zoo marine fish another marine fish and aquamart and yeah i think i've about worked about 10 different fish stores but i've met so many freaking cool people and i still love meeting people and first question is like what what, what kind of tank you got well, mm -hmm. what size tank you got? You know, how are you running it? And if you find enough commonalities and you end up visiting each other's tanks, man, it's just so cool. That is the funnest part of the reef aquarium hobby. But that's also one of the challenges of the reef aquarium hobby. We can't take our tanks with us. We can't take yeah. them to a meetup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so meeting other reefers. And I feel like a weekend is a great time to do that. You know, at, um, uh, marine fish in alpharetta uh in marietta georgia um i think it was like saturday mornings like a lot of the heavy hitters would meet up on saturday we'd always have a little bit of coffee and some donuts and like there'd be a powerhouse discussion between you know four or five reefers for an hour every saturday at the shop and it was really really cool just an unofficial meetup didn't have to be organized didn't have to be a club but we all learned a lot from each other and I feel like the club aspect is being almost pushed out, pushed aside for all the online interactions and, you know, visiting somebody's tank and seeing their corals in person, seeing their challenges and their successes 
in real life, there's that's the vicarious knowledge and experience that you really, really drives the hobby. Yeah, I mean, I remember the store I think you worked at uh, in Denver way back when I was up in I was up in Boulder, and I'll be honest, fish stores back in the '90s around the Boulder area weren't incredible. They were mm-hmm. good, you know, but uh, I remember dry, making the pilgrimage down to Denver on a Saturday and you guys had a keg of beer and somebody was, you guys had a grill, like tailgate, essentially a tailgate party <laughs> outside the store. And I just happened to, I didn't even know about it, but I just happened to show up on a random day and just people were chatting, having a good time. There were, you know, sales going on in the store and it was just a sense of community. And um, yeah. It blew me away, right? Um, it was still kind of a com- long drive for me uh, at the time uh, to do that, but I, I, that sense of community that was felt there, and 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 some of the cool discussions I had with people that showed up, really uh, blew me away. I wasn't expecting that, right? Um, so yeah, I think for a local fish store to do it right, they ought to have those kind of things, right? They have mm-hmm. to. Um, Bring people together, you know, even if you do a frag swap in the parking lot, you could say it's cutting into some of your revenue, but really like, let's be real, those same people are going in and probably buying some stuff while they're there. Um, but it's it's fostering that sense of community. And and in many cases, that is what local fish stores do. It's a hub, right? It's a hub yeah. for that social, physical interaction with other hobbyists. Um, and you, you know, when you, the keyword being local, right? Um the people that you meet your local fish store are probably within your vicinity, right? They're mm-hmm. not in the other part of town. They probably, I mean, they're going to go to the closest one if there's good competition between all of them and they're all great. And so you're going to find somebody that lives down the street, right? That you can go hang out with. It's not somebody from another part of town. So I, I think it's crucial. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me not too long ago. I was at one of those freshwater stores coming to check out some freshwater fish. And they have a small saltwater section. And there was a a viewer of the Reef Builders YouTube channel there. Uh, His name is Sparky Mike. I might have mentioned him before. He's got a YouTube channel called Old School Reefer. And uh, he just happened to live right around the corner. So I was like, oh, well, after I get my shopping done, let me come check out your tank. Beautiful, immaculate tank. Very eclectic mix of, of equipment, including like he's an electrician. So he made his own LEDs. He oh, didn't. Cool. He, had, he had a four foot by four foot like island aquarium that was really low to the ground with all the equipment down below with a, a giant calc reactor. He got, um, on closeout, uh, a life reef, a uh, protein skimmer. I think he was driving with a, uh, oh, some curious pump, but then he was also using the apex and then some radions downstairs, a big old, you know, classical refugium with actual peppermint shrimp and stuff in it. And, um, it was just a very creative setup, very clean. And the only thing he was lacking is like coral diversity, just more different corals. And uh, it was just really fun to see uh, an original tank like that. Because, man, no matter how much you try to uh, homogenize the market, people are always going to pick and choose and then employ products differently. And, um, the fish store also, you know, if they've been reefing for a while, they're going to have some really creative ideas on on how they incorporate and install different pieces of equipment. Yeah, and the problem with online is uh, the visibility goes to the loudest people. 
Mm -hmm. But when you go to a local fish store, you know, you, you, how often have we found like some dude that lives around the corner that you never knew about that isn't posting or doing a bunch of crap online mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and has a wicked reef aquarium, you know, <laughs> and, and also it's just a ton of advice, you know, has a ton of experiences because they're, you know, sometimes the quiet ones are the deeper thinkers or whatever, but, um, you know, we, we forget that it's, that there's a whole world of reef keepers that don't have a major online presence, but they may mm -hmm. be in your area and you may run into them at your local fish store and befriend them. Whether, you know, the, the local fish store, it's funny you have to think about that as a hub for the local community, because I know a lot of like elite coral vendors who rely on random reefers to bring them this one coral that no one else can grow nearly as well. Um, I think that's the case for Amazeballs Ghani. There's one guy in California who just grows the bejesus out of them. Um, I want to say it was Top Shelf Aquatics. I had some crazy uh, Blastamusa Wells Eye that somebody was bringing in as frags, like just constantly a beautiful, you know, two to $300 per frag, you know, for like two polyp piece with orange accents, just amazing, amazing piece. And it's like, you know that the the big coral guys they can they can they can grow it, but for some reason this one random person um, just brings in like the biggest, fattest, juiciest pieces, and you don't know what they're doing special. But that's the kind of thing that you'll find out in the world, <laughs> out in the world. And I think that that brings me to one of my favorite um, reasons I still just adore local fish stores is used livestock. Because mm -hmm. you just never know where you're going to find that amazing used fish that's been in captivity for five to 15 years, even a couple of years. Um, you know, if you want a wild yellow tang right now, your best place, your best starting place is to go to a bunch of fish stores and see if they got a traded in specimen. You know, the person who traded in, they don't know that the market price is whatever it's at now and it's only gonna be like a couple hundred dollars maybe for a fresh wild or a used wild yellow tang but same thing with the corals you know people's corals get too big they bring them in in pieces and that store might parse them out as frags depending on their inclination or they might be like all right yeah here's a giant chunk of you know pretty nice green hammer coral or 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 monty cap or monty's i think you know spread really well but they're selling you chunks now for like 20 30 40 bucks because they have so much of it they need to make room for their usual stuff right and they can't just sit there and parse out everything into tiny little one inch frags and so every fish store is different too there's you know a lot of times there's like one dominant shop in the area but no one very few people have like the monopoly on trade-ins right you know uh, uh, merman's jack uh, murray over at merman's he's just known for saying yes to everyone whether it's used gear or used livestock, he'll take it all and then he'll have a ton of it and he doesn't want to sit on it. And so he'll, you know, give a fair price to everyone on colonies. I got a colony of Orinco and Tort from him for like 150 bucks. It, you know, it was mostly encrusted. It wasn't like all branching in every single direction, but it was a nice big rock. And so now I got like a six inch rock of organ torp which just branches just coming out every single direction and i got another one from him that was a it was like a, a royal teal blue tenuous super fuzzy and it was just one rock 
had no branches. It was just completely encrusted, but thick and heavy and, and polyped out. Now I got it in one of my coral flats and it's just starting to branch out and it's going to turn into a giant show colony like in no time. Love that stuff. Love that stuff so much. Well, and there's two uh, equations to that story, right? One is finding some really good used fish and coral, but also having a place to um, uh, rehome a lot of things because yes. um, I had uh, for, I had a cell fin tang, right? And uh, I had that 225, which I would argue is probably okay for a cell fin tang, but then I downsized tanks for a while and... I mean, this dinner plate size tank, just I didn't feel right putting it in like a five foot tank. So I took it to my local fish store and got some store credit, right? And you hear about people taking like baby tangs and once they get to a size, right, trade them in and get another small tang. And um, from an ethical standpoint, I don't see anything wrong with that, right? Because there are people in the market for larger tangs and have larger aquariums. Um, I had, I, I love, uh, pin cushion, pin cushion type urchins, like Halloween mm -hmm. urchins. I think they're great herbivores, but they do eventually get big and turn into little bulldozers. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I took it to my local fish store and then I hit the reset button and get a little one, you know? Um, nice. but, uh, I, when I want to change directions in my tank and I'm like, yeah, I want to get rid of this large colony of coral and do something different there because it's a finite amount of space. So if that local fish store didn't exist, what would I do with all that stuff? You know, where would I take it? Um, I mean, yeah, you could probably community. sell it in your club, but you know, that's your local community is only so big unless you're like, you know, in Dallas or Los Angeles. And eventually your reefer friends are going to have pieces of everything you already have. Yeah. And so the local fish store is a great place. If you're a successful reefer, you're going to need to find a, um, yeah. A, a stream to just keep sending your corals in. I take corals to a bunch of shops because eventually I'll saturate them with the, uh, you know, green goblin and acropora or different branching montiporas and not so much acros, a few acros. And uh, yeah, that is a great place to just go take it in, trade it in for some frozen food or some cleanup crew or, or whatever. So yeah, it's funny. I, I had put used fish and used corals and trade ins, but I didn't really think about taking your stuff there, making and, your reef tank better by taking stuff out of it. And I'm, you know, I, my, my store has been generous with like credits or uh, well here, take this, uh, uh, coral you like in return. But <laughs> I always argue with them. Like, you don't need to give me credit. Like you're just doing me a huge favor by providing a solution for me here where I can, um, ethically rehome these things or, or find a place where like, you know, they can go find their next, uh, place to exist um, with, you know, because I, mean, I mean, what are the alternatives, right? And I, I'm always, I do sometimes sell stuff online when I need to get rid of stuff, but I'm always hesitant to do that just because I don't, it's much easier for me to stick it in a bucket and go to a local fish store than wait around my house for some guy to show up, right? Right. Um, and then you don't know who's going to show up. <laughs> Hopefully right. it's a new friend, future friend, but it, <laughs> I, I think we've all had the uh, occasional where you're like, ooh, okay, I don't, <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, they're like, oh, can I see your reef tank? And you're like, eh, I don't want you in my house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, anyway. Oh, goodness, it's so early. Uh, first good stretch of the day. No, it feels great to talk about the reef shops. And that's, a, that's an awesome point about taking stuff in. 
because you, you know we don't want to be wasteful i don't like stuff sitting on the shelves and uh it's just it's just really nice to pass along stuff that's already been loved and it's good equipment and that's another thing again there's certain fish stores where you can find good equipment used equipment um one thing i'd like to pick up next time i see it is a, a coralith calcium reactor i don't oh, know if yeah. i'll use it but I just want one. <laughs> I have an ETS skimmer over, you know, underneath the, the coral flats. I don't know if I'll ever use it, but I'm glad I have it, you know? And so it's, man, a calcium reactor is one of those things that the calcium reactors from 15, 20 years ago are perfectly fine to use today. You know, make sure the, the, the fittings are good and then the, the pump is good. If it's not just replace the pump, but calcium reactor is one of those things. There's no reason they can't just get, you know, recycled over and over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Especially uh, some of those older ones that were all Eheim driven. Uh, Eheim mm -hmm. hasn't changed their design. So you can just go get another Eheim pump and if you had to, and, and you're back in business, right? And you could find a used Eheim pump. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> just get a new, uh, uh, used, new used Eheim pump and, and get her going again. So, I mean, people there, you know, again, with the messaging, as far as like the hobby being too expensive, there is a lot of people who are always getting rid of used tanks. The stores usually get an awesome deal on it. Again, if you're a regular and you need a, you want a new tank, they're, you know, likely to just pass along some of that used gear practically at their, whatever it costs them. Cause they know you're going to be filling it with livestock and you're going to need salt and sand and rock and, and gear. And it's just a great place to kind of close the loop of, you know, ownership and then getting, getting rid of it and getting something new. So yeah, use fish, use corals, use gear, use tanks. I'm always looking, I'm always looking, you know, um, when I was, at, there's a brand new shop that opened, uh, called keeping it reef. And I think it's the closest store to me now. I found, um, the, the three by two tank. It looks like a 10 gallon tank cut down the middle. It yeah, is so you weird. That, yeah. yeah. So weird. I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but it's super cool. And another thing I found in that shop that I haven't um, picked collected yet is a 65 gallon tank. So not a 55, but a 65. So just a little bit taller. I've been wanting one uh, for a while and I saw it there. I'm like, Oh yes, hold this tank for me. I'll be back for it. And so, you know, you can custom order some of this stuff, but, uh, man, it's just really nice. Uh, another shop. I know they're sitting on a bunch of like pretty scratched up 33 longs. Those would be awesome frag tanks and you'd get them, you know, oh, for like man. 30 bucks. I've been looking, uh, I, I keep having this internal wrestling mental game of I've got, um, 60 inches right on a mm -hmm. shelf in my basement. And I'm really just trying to not take over the world in the basement anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I've got a 20 gallon long little coral prop quarantine tank. And then I have like mm -hmm. a fish quarantine tank next to it. And, but you know, the coral guy in me like wants to make the coral prop tank bigger mm -hmm. and make the quarantine tank smaller. And now that you can get pre quarantine fish, I'm sitting there. But yeah, I think if I stumbled upon a 33 long, I, the argument would be over. I'd buy it. But lucky for me, I can't find those. <laughs> Why don't they sell those, man? It's a 55 that's squat. It's like the best tank. Um, they do. So there's like, what's funny is there's some 33s. Again, the stores keep these ideas and these dimensions alive in your head because if you're not going to stores, you don't, you'll forget about these rare sizes. So one store has like totally used up 33 longs that have been divided up. You know, uh, you can pull yeah. out the dividers for whatever. 
And in another shop, Fish Den, they have brand new 33 longs that they want like 140 bucks for. Um, and either way, it's like it's just an awesome, awesome tank to kind of build like a nano reef but there's like three nanos end to end <laughs> you know i know it's like 30 gallons of volume and it's four feet long but once you put all the things in it it's probably gonna have like 25 gallons of water in it and for me 29 gallons was always the cutoff for a nano so a 33 long would be like having three nanos just within the same tank yeah i so i used to have 240 breeders and i i'll be the first to admit i love the dimensions of 40 breeder but i I never liked the level of bowing in the glass on them. Um, mm. I, I'm not a big fan of the build quality on them anymore. Um, but like a 12-inch tank, th- tall tank, doesn't really have a lot of those issues. And when you were talking about affordable reef keeping, that's what got my gears running of like, what if I did, you know, not a nano nano, but like a 33 long mm-hmm did some internal filters and just turned it into like a full-fledged three-foot reef, you know, uh, or four-foot reef, I mean. Um, but, and I'm, I'm sure my local fish store can order one for me. I just, that's enough of a obstacle, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah. That I'm like, eh, eh, you know, the George, laziness. if you're listening, go no, ahead and order a 33 long. If he had one in the store and I walked in, I'd be like, <laughs> Keep it in the front. <laughs> I got his number. I'm going to call him up. take over. You know, I'd be I'm, like, I'm going to yep, make I'm it happen. It. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yep, then yep. I don't have enough room for actual fish quarantine anymore. So that would be, that would be the only problem. But, uh. And so th- this little session right here, we just brainstormed about just different tanks and the ideas that they give us. That's what we get from yeah. going to the local fish stores and seeing these different tanks. It is always super tempting when you see a, when you know you have a space in your house, oh, yeah. you know how long it is and you see a tank that's like pretty close to that size. You're like, Ooh boy. You know, so in some ways, like local fish store is also a place for positive temptations. <laughs> I, well, like, again, speaking about my dislike for 40 breeders, uh, and I'm sure they're structurally sound. It just, it always gave me a little bit of anxiety. Um, I walked into my local fish store, uh, not to repeat George, but it was, a, it was a long time ago, but he had a, uh, I think it was Deep Sea Aquatics, which is mm-hmm. uh, no more, but, you know, former oceanic guys. I think a lot of them now work for Planet Aquariums. But it had the same footprint as a 40 breeder, uh, but it was even taller than like a 65 gallon. Had an wow. internal overflow. Um, and the glass was, you know, just super chunky and thick. It had that typical oceanic trim, you know. Nice. And I mean, I literally went in there to buy like, I don't know, probably snails. I don't remember. And I was like, well, shoot, I guess I'm buying that tank. Because I had the stand <laughs> and I was already having a, like kind of just uneasiness about just, you know, you could press on the glass on a 40 breeder and it would be like, whoop, whoop. and I was like, man, I don't know about this. Um, and I bought that tank. <laughs> it, was a, nice. it was a bad temptation, you know. Yeah. So, So, um, yeah, I know we could talk about fish stores forever, but, you know, the last thing, uh, major thing, which you don't need very often, but when you need them, it's nice to have it there, is, you know, sometimes you're going out of town for a little bit longer than you'd like, and you need someone to to just just pop in a couple times and just feed your fish and make sure everything's cool and or moving a tank man if you've never done it you don't have suction cups and you don't have a ton of of trash cans and reservoirs and tubs or whatever it can be a real task and then sometimes you just want some professional help 
right? And so like fish tours, you know, will move tanks, they'll watch your tanks. Um, obviously they're maintain tanks. If, uh, you know, you're a little more hands off Aquarius and you just want someone to kind of do it for you. Um, but yeah, moving a tank sometimes just across town, that could be a super big task, but just, you know, throwing out a few hundred dollars just to get some professional help, depending on the size of your tank, obviously, and how long it's going to take, um, just can take all the stress off of it all the stress off of it. And, uh, you know, if you don't have that service available to you, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? It's true. Uh, I mean, uh, two, two points I'll make on that is one, I don't use a tank sitting service, but when I go on a backpacking trip, I'm pretty much unreachable. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I do, I mean, I do bring, um, that little orange thing, Garmin inReach, you know, for emergencies and stuff. But it's not like I could help troubleshoot a situation through one of those, right? It's like mm -hmm. it's like old school text messages, whatever. Uh, it'd be pretty long worded and it'd be a lot of messages to walk through somebody through something. But my wife knows the number of the local fish store, or at least she knows where to Google it. And I'm always like, look, if, if anything goes just completely haywire, just call them. And even if they charge you like a visit, right? Like a kind of like a tank uh, maintenance visit, mm -hmm. whatever, who cares, right? It's worth, it's probably worth its price of admission just to, uh, to not lose all that livestock and to give that peace of mind. And, and so, I, I mean, I used to put the number on a post-it note and stick it on the tank when I would go backpacking, but you know, obviously these days it's not too hard to Google a phone number. Um, I have a coworker who uh, her husband has a reef tank and I don't, he doesn't travel so much anymore, but he used to travel a lot. And so that was sort of an obstacle to reef keeping is if you travel a lot, right? But if you love the hobby, um, he has somebody that comes in and maintenance, maintains the tank, right? Does the water changes, comes and takes care of it so that that responsibility doesn't fall on the rest of the family that is home, right? It's just... Um, it's worth it for him to be able to enjoy the hobby when he is home. I mean, mm -hmm. he's not a hardcore hobbyist like us, right? But he enjoys having a saltwater aquarium. And again, you know, if let's imagine if that wasn't an option, right? That would suck. Uh, if I took a job tomorrow where I have to travel every week, I would hire somebody. Right. Um, and this is also a great time. Like if you, if your fish store knows you by your first name, Right. You walk in, they, they know who you are and you have a relationship with one or multiple shops in the case of an emergency and they know which tank they're going to visit. You know, that might be a little bit more of a priority for them because they, they've sold you a bunch of stuff and they want to keep it going. And, you know, they, if they've never heard of you and it's just an emergency and you don't have that relationship, you're going to get, True. you know, a specific price, not a family price, but, um, you know, like just, if, if Pure Reef had somebody in the area and you called in and their tech was around the corner, he might just pop in and just connect a hose or something and be like, don't worry about it. Right. You know, there's just all kinds of situations that could arise. And it's like your, your, your doctor, <laughs> you know, your home doctor, you want them to know you in case of an emergency. That's like a really wanna, good point. You, you yeah. want them to know your, your personal health history. And so the same thing with the reef shop, you want them to kind of know about your tank and to know about you and they'll be a little bit more invested in helping you, you know, hopefully that never happens, right? You hope yeah. there's never an emergency, but if there is, uh, you want a friendly face to, to show up and, um, kind of help rectify the situation, whether you're home or not. Whether yeah. You're home or not. Uh, they know your system. They know the history about your system. They know you. Um, 
And uh, let's say you are out of town and you got to give him the code to your garage door opener or, you know, hey, I hide a key in the garage under, you know, whatever. I'd rather, uh, you know, like, can you please, you know, like, I got the alert on my Apex. Can you please go check out what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the code to my little garage code pin pad. I, I don't have any qualms about the people that I've developed a relationship with at my local fish store, trusting them to go into my home, take care, you know, fix whatever needs fixing because I know them, you know, I know them on a personal level. They're good people. I like them. Um, Calling some random stranger to do that. I I would feel a bit more uneasy about it. Right. Um, Yeah. So they're having a relationship with somebody at a local fish store is huge. It, It pays dividends for absolutely for you. So I think um, I kind of went through the list and the last thing I want to talk about is maybe um, pricing and buying from your local fish store, you know, before the internet and map pricing and and being able to look up anything on your phone on the spot. Um, You know, I I remember a few months ago, I was needing some copper and I went to a shop that I knew would have some copper, Cooper mean. Yeah. And I was looking at the bottle prices in the shop. I'm like, all right, this is absurd. Like, this is not okay <laughs> as far as pricing. And I ordered it on Amazon and had it at home within two days. That's the exception. By and large, especially like the high-end equipment, uh, tanks, stands, all your Ecotech, Neptune, AI, Kessel, CJ gear, that's all should be very closely matched in price across stores across your area. And so there's much less of a reason not to buy from your local fish store than there used to be. It used to be that you would get much better pricing online, like much better pricing because the older shops, they were not in tune with customers coming in and price shopping right from their phone. But I think now if you call up a handful of stores and ask them about a Kessel, a Vortec, or a CHA pump or a Red Sea skimmer, they're all going to be pretty close in price, but you can pick it up. If it's, there's something broken, that's the other thing we didn't talk about, right? If you order some stuff and something comes in broken, Oh my God, RMAs don't even, (laughs) nobody wants to deal with that. Nobody wants to send stuff back. Nobody wants to get on the horn with customer service and say, oh, this one little part is broken and now I can't use the entire freaking thing, right? Say you got a Red Sea skimmer and for some reason it didn't have the the air valve with it. It's like, uh, great. (laughs) I can turn it on, but I don't get no air. If you're at the fish store, you could just drive back over there. Right. And they'll take care of it because they're going to sending it back to their distributors. So that's the kind of service that you can get in one day. And like, let's say you, you know, received a part, um, late on a Friday from your online guys. They're already, they're already closed. You're not even going to talk to anybody until Monday and then they're going to ship some stuff out. So, you know, you could almost have like a week turnaround time to get that particular product going. You know, and obviously there's a lot of cool livestock you can find online and, but you cannot really estimate, engage the, the health of a fish from a single photo. It helps. It helps. You can do a couple photos and you, you can, you can know, but at the fish store, you can literally like see a big old group of, I don't know, say Antheus be like, Hey, would you mind feeding the tank? And you can see their feeding response. You can see how clear their fins are, how yeah. bright their eyes are, how alert they are to being fed. Oh my goodness, man. That's one of those things that the, the, the online livestock purchasing experience will just never match. Yeah. I, 
I wanted a mystery wrasse, right? And my local fish store called me up, said, because we just talked about it. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I said, hey, you know what fish I haven't seen around in a while? Is it just because seasonality? And I brought up the mystery wrasse. And they said, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that on the list in a while. Forgot about it, right? Uh, a little while later, I get an email from a fisher. Hey, man, I see them on the list. You want me to order one for you? I said, yeah, sure. I go in. They ordered several, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, the well, dice. which one do you want? Huh? Nice. Yeah. And uh, it was like, oh, well, you know what? I think you should get this one. This one's been eating great. Uh, the colors, it's a, it's a fatter, bigger, you know, whatever. And I, had, I got to choose, you know, multiple in person. You got to choose and you got some feedback. Right. Um, that, that, that was a good experience for me and a reminder of um, the in-person versus online experience. And then to your point about pricing, you know, there was always the argument buy local and even if it's a little bit more money, you're supporting local businesses and there's a, a feel good aspect of that. But on the flip side, now we're talking about if the prices are identical and there's a benefit to you being able to get it and get more support from it. So it's, it's, it's a win for you already beyond the feel good and the price is the same. Why not go that route? Right. 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 It's a no brainer. You don't even have to take the the uh, uptick in price to get that feel good or get that support. It's it's literally the same price or sometimes even cheaper if you rule in shipping. Um, well, also, I mean, I think there's uh, you know, fish and livestock and corals and invertebrates. None of this stuff is coming from a factory, right? None of it is like cookie cutter, exact same size and shape, except for maybe some of your cleanup crew. And so there's a very much a... Um, a produce aspect to it where you, it can be graded on the spot and a fish or a coral might come in looking a little rough. You might be able to get a deal, but after a couple of weeks, it might get better or it might get worse. Right. So there's almost always like a, a on the spot uh, negotiation haggling aspect that you can inject into it. And that, that's always kind of fun too, especially if you're buying something in multiples or if somebody traded something in and you know that the value is like, or whatever they put into it is a lot less than whatever they're selling for. You want to buy two or three pieces. And like, I always say, give me a round number. I might not even ask for the right number. I was like, yeah, round this down to whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but there's like, three pieces that are like $69. I'm like, ah, can you round that down to 200 for those the, for the three or something? And it's just like, it's almost always a no brainer. Yeah. And so that's, that's also a super important, uh, fun, fun aspect of it. That's a good point. Yeah. So one of the things that I, uh, that I do every year is, um, uh, on Saturday, on small business Saturday, which I'm renaming, for the last few years, local fish store Saturday, I go to every store, almost every store, just kind of as an exercise, just to be seen. Um, it's a great weekend usually to go into a local fish store, right? It's a huge retail um, weekend in America. And they're going to be stocked. They're going to be stocked to the gills. I'm, I'm, I'm okay not to go in on, on Black Friday. <laughs> I'm okay to just kind of stay off the roads and not fight the crowds on that day. But on that Saturday, they're going to be well stocked up. And I make a point. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy some frozen food from this place. I'm going to buy some some flake food from another spot. I might just get like a random additive that I still have some, but I'm going to need it anyway. I might buy one frag just as a token um, at Todd's Tropical Fish. He's always got a lot of used stuff and freshwater. So I might just buy a few freshwater things or one used thing, but I really make a point to just buy one thing at every fish store because I feel like, imagine 
if every reefer in every market, they all made a collective effort to just go to every store and buy one thing, that'd be such a, and it's things you need and low dollar things, super glue, coral cutters, frag plugs, you know, low dollar things. I'm just talking about like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if we're all doing that to every store and showing that support, ah, oh man, I feel like that's going to be great for them. It's going to be great for you. Um, you know, it's a nice time to just, I know I have probably the most of us have, I'm going to say like five or six stores that they can comfortably drive to, you know, in, in urban areas. Obviously, if you're out, you know, in the countryside, you're not going to have that access. But even if you have like five or six shops you can go to, you probably only go to like one, maybe two. And it's just always nice, at least once a year, just to see what the other shops are, are up to. Yeah. Always, always super fun. Again, you never know what used fish or corals you might find. And it's really easy to see a, to tell a used coral because corals, you know, they come in a certain way when they've gone through the supply chains or when they've been freshly harvested. And when you see a used coral that's just totally glowing and shining and healthy and really vigorous, you know, in, in its health and its growth. Oh man, that's always such a, a cool find. So yeah, I would really like to encourage all the listeners to try to go around to their local fish stores between Friday and Monday and just see what they're up to and see if you can just buy one little thing and uh, uh, synchronize and and find out what everybody's uh, getting up to. Well, and even um, I like hitting stores I rarely visit, just almost treat it like visiting a public aquarium, you know, where, uh, for example, there's a fish store that's kind of a haul for me to get to. It's a trek. Mm -hmm. but they have usually a unique freshwater selection. I don't have mm. a freshwater aquarium right now. Um, so it doesn't benefit me from a purchasing standpoint. But I tell you what, man, I get a kick of seeing some some crazy, wacky apistos ap- or mm-hmm. uh, plecos or, you know, even like they, they, at one point they just had a crap ton of really interesting African cichlids, you know, that I hadn't yeah. seen in person in a while. And it's just fun. It's just fun yep. to see that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And and I'm one of those people, like, I usually end up buying some little thing I need, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. maybe trying a new food out or whatever. But um, but yeah, so I, I rarely visit that store. But when I do, I usually see something interesting, even if it's something I can't buy. It's just fun to have that visual experience. Um, but You know, aside from the, the, the traded in livestock or, or gear, different shops in different areas, they've grown up or with different suppliers or yeah. different products that they really lean into. And so one place is going to have, you know, a better source for, let's say, Caribbean invertebrates. Another one is just going to be awesome on Fiji fish. Uh, Another shop might be all about maricultured Indonesian corals, right? And so by going to each one, you know, between the fish, the corals, and the devices and the products, man, just it's a, for me, it's just always a fountain of inspiration. I mean, think about it. I'm like surrounded with this stuff. I have mm. all the different lights, all the different corals and fish. I can still go to just about any store and always find something that I always want, right? So I have like, I have two good small colonies of jack-o'-lantern leptoceras, right? They're about two inches across. You know, I started as frags, and I have them in low-light areas, so they can yeah. grow nice and slowly. Well, I was at a Keeping It Reef. They had a colony that was like six inches across. You know, that would have been a $2,000 coral 10 years ago, and they had a big old chunk. I had brought them some forest fire digitata. 
And so I had a little bit of credit. And I was like, oh, how much for that? And it was like, it was like 120 or something for a big old colony of bright orange, with bright green mouth, jack-o'-lantern. I'm like, I already have it, but I can't pass it up. It's right there. It's just huge. I could literally take that colony and put it on top of my other colony. <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to this upcoming weekend. I actually have to go to some fish stores today for those bulkheads that I told you I needed, but I'm very much looking forward to just doing like a, a major uh, fish store touring next weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, very much looking forward to that. It's Saturday morning here. Well, I don't know when this is going online, right? But uh, I'm going to probably hit a store, uh, a couple of stores this weekend. Just mm -hmm. um, I don't really need to buy anything, but uh, it's just been a while since I've been to one. And, mm -hmm. and you brought up this topic and I was like, you know, I want to I want to go visit those display tanks, you know, and see mm -hmm. what's going on with them. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do something similar. Um, that's the one problem about being, uh, essentially, uh, I mean, forget the little basement tanks, right? I'm, I, I don't have the capacity to buy a bunch of corals all the time. And that's the only place I feel bad because, uh, sometimes my local fish store doesn't see me for a while. And it's like, man, I, you know, my one tank, things are growing and, you know, I'm not doing a whole lot. I do buy salt from them. Um, and I used to never do water changes. That was another reason they don't, they, they probably see me buy a little more uptick in salt now that I'm trying to mm -hmm. do the auto water change, see what that's like. Um, but yeah, um, that's the only downer is I don't always have a lot I need to buy. Um, but we all need salt. Yes. Right? We salt. all need salt. I buy the fish food there. Um, I buy some additives, but I'm not a big additive guy, at least for now. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's still fun. I bring my kids along. They have a blast. You know, my my mm -hmm. little uh, my youngest loves moray eels, right? And they always oh, have some fun. snowflake morays or something, and he's obsessed with those guys. Um, there's always it, a large tessellata at one of your local fish stores yeah. that is just way too big in a tank that's way too small that they keep selling and it keeps coming back because it's so vicious. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, again, you know, George, like I, I'll bring my son in and he'll be like, you know, hey, Luke, you want to catch the fish, you know, that your dad's buying? And normally, and he's always been like, no, I don't, you know, he's scared, but it's just, um, I'm always appreciative how he brings my kids into the fold and keeps them That's engaged, the you know. That's the future customers right there. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate that, right? It's um, my daughter harasses me because I've been meaning to buy a purple firefish, you know, not a very mm. rare fish. But my daughter saw them on one of our local fish store visits and was obsessed with it. And so every once in a while, I'm just like walking through the house. Dad, when are you going to buy that purple fish? <laughs> you know, nice. Like, nice. I'll get to it. I'll get to it, you know. But um, so, yeah, that's that's all from a local fish store and visiting. And again, seeing not so kind of like the bicolor angel, right? My daughter saw a purple firefish in person and was like, that's cool. That's a mm -hmm. really cool fish, you know. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, I'm really glad we got you know found some time to cram in this emergency session of reef therapy so we could uh, put out some, some love to local fish store guys. I just want to and I'll express my gratitude to everyone who's working at a reef shop, who's put it, you know, putting in the time and the work and keeping their tanks up and keeping the stores and the lights open and on, especially through the summertime, you know, it can get really long and really boring when you're just twiddling your thumbs and you, you know, you can count the number of people who walk in on one hand on a really slow midsummer day, but right now is the thick of it. So it was a great time to, to show your love and your support. Um, just show up. 
just buy some frags, some salt, some additives, some food. There's something that you need that you're going to need that you're going to run out. So, you know, use this weekend. It's, you know, especially if anyone has concerns about some of the, uh, uh, the mergers. I was about to say that. Yeah. That, that are going on, like all, all your thoughts and prayers online are one thing and showing up and just making repeated small purchases is another, you know, mm-hmm. you want to show your support. You want to keep, uh, your ad- independent local shops that carry a wide selection of, of goods. Now, you know, you don't want, uh, the, the, the marketplace, the, the national marketplace to start getting consolidated in a few smaller hands of power or fewer hands of, of power and control. Go support your local fish store. Like this is the time to, to speak with your wallet. Again, you don't have to make a giant investment, but if you have a reef tank, I'm sure there's like five to 10 different consumables that you can always get because you're going to need them. And just my final word on that is, um, as things evolve, right? Um, something is, you can always lament about the things that are lost, but those mm-hmm. things don't necessarily stop things moving in that direction, right? I mean, if you want to talk about listening to a CD versus MP3s and people lament about records and how the arrangement of the songs used to matter, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, you want to end with a song and beginning and listening to a whole album, but now we consume things digitally and that's been lost a bit, right? Um, You can lament, like, oh, fish stores are not going to go out of business because, you know, there's a benefit to them existing because X, Y, Z. Those benefits don't guarantee that things don't one day evolve into massive digital warehouse or digital online warehouses where you order all your crap, right? Um, I don't want to use the word progress, but the evolution of things, like things get lost and that doesn't necessarily win the argument of those things not getting lost. Um, there's always a positive and a benefit to all that evolution. So if you really do care about your local fish stores and the benefits that they provide, you have to reinforce that and 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 go do, go go give them your business, right? Um, that that's the one takeaway for me is, uh, I mean, working from home with COVID, right? Oh well, the coll- the in person collaboration and the you know the water cooler discussions where you solve a problem is going to get lost when we all can start working from home more post-COVID and that that new remote workforce. And it's like, that doesn't mean it doesn't go in that direction, right? People are willing to take that loss, right? Um, so all the things we just talked about that are great about local fish store, they only exist if we continue to, to um, speak with our wallets. Right. So, well, the other thing is I'm looking forward to getting this session of Retherapy out, talking about local fish store Saturday, and hopefully seeing a lot of reefers that I know while I tour the stores this coming in a week. <laughs> That's going to be really, really fun. And imagine if that was like an unofficial holiday. All reefers show yeah. up to all stores every small business Saturday. And it would, it would cool. just be like an unofficial reefer in the world meeting where we can all compare notes and share coffee and eat a couple donuts and talk about our challenges and our successes. Cause that's, that is the funnest part is talking reef in real life. 
That's yeah, and if you do have some reef keeping buddies locally, like make it a, a thing. Go together, mm-hmm. right? And then go get lunch after or a beer after. Or just right. like make it a make it an event, a local fish store crawl, whatever. Yeah, you don't have to hit every single store, but you know, hit up three or four stores, see what they got. I'm sure you're gonna see some stuff. You'll be glad that you you saw. You might you, come home whether with or not you bought it. Might come home with a bicolor angel, man. <laughs> that <laughs> that eats all up. your uh eats all your uh, LPS, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed this session, Mark. Thank you so much for joining me on a Saturday. Um, a little bit more caffeinated, uh, really up and I'm usually uh, like when we do reef therapy, I've already reefed all day, but this is a time I'm like, we talked to reef. Now I'm expired to go reef a little bit more. Cannot wait to get that automatic filter roll on my fish tank. So, um, again, I'm going to inspire everybody to go to their local fish stores, whether you're listening to this a week before, uh, you know, Black Friday or a year after just, Go support your local scene. And, you know, if you see someone that's just looking at some kind of fish or some kind of coral, some kind of equipment that you you know a little bit about, strike up a conversation. You never know. You might make some new friends in real life. It's mm-hmm. the best. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this special session of Reef Therapy. Um, make sure to subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcatcher. If you have any questions and you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on podcast form, go to the YouTube channel and, you know, interface with us here. I'm going to give a special shout out to Christata Reef, who has been uh, engaging me with some pretty cool points that we've been discussing. Sent me a, a nice paper on the trace elements in the, the reef aquarium, which I will be uh, digesting over the next couple of days a week. And uh, maybe it'll be something we'll talk about here in the near future. So share that uh, with w- me if you, yeah. if it's all right, I'd love to yeah, read yeah. that. Yeah. That's it was a- published 12 years ago. So <laughs> no, no problem there. All right. So thanks everybody. And we'll catch you guys on another session very soon. Talk to you soon. Bye Mark. Bye. 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 <laughs>